0: breeder syndicate hello bastards and bastardettes how are we doing so um as you saw I think we're gonna have TSI Humboldt come stop by uh, whenever I He may not show up at the very beginning But he'll be here at some point And we will go over What he saw in the NL Reproduction So we'll keep our eyes peeled for when CSI pops up You guys let me know Wasabi I need to teach you how to use a camera What do you mean teach me how I, to use a camera? Uh, as my own head's cut off
1: <laughs> Yeah, this is, this is a professional something head, called headspace That
0: you need to get
1: There you go this is a perfect. I'm just analyzing my shit. You're just super anal, dude. I I like logged in and like your shit was like aiming at the wall.
0: I know. I I started. I start off with a scenery of my of my ceiling. You do. Yeah, because nobody wants to see my fucking face the first time they jump in. I want to traumatize anyone. I I want to
2: be. <laughs> I want it to be smooth. Definitely not. <laughs> yeah. All right. So um hmm, trying to think of how to start this.
1: Uh well, I don't know what you've said because I just popped up. I haven't said anything. We're hoping, uh managing technical difficulties and whatnot, that we might be able to get uh CSI on to chat about some stuff. Yeah. Um and uh this uh this Friday evening, we kind of decided that we were going to maybe sort of merge. Uh, something that's current uh, going on right now is some historical shit. Yeah. Right. And we had an excellent opportunity to do that in the uh, in the NL5 project yes. that Matt and and CSI have been up to. Uh, and NL5 probably needs uh, no introduction in the sense that it's probably like one of the most famous terms in all of cannabis. Yep. Uh, but there's a lot of legend behind it, and there's a lot of misinformation behind it. And so we thought for this episode, maybe we could sort of like take you guys through like how it started, some of the history to it. And a lot of this stuff has been chatted about in various ways and shapes and forms, but we thought it might be interesting to sort of like coalesce it all into one show. Yeah. Uh, and start from back then and sort of bring it into the now. Bring uh, it into the modern times. Yeah. yeah, because you know, so I mean, I've done, I've helped with Some like 90s stuff and uh, it makes me feel old, but you know, the 90s is like 30 plus years ago now. Uh, And the 80s when all this shit was happening was 40 plus years ago now. So most people in cannabis have heard about NL5, but it's mostly just legends. And there's a lot of misinformation and a lot of funny cuts and a lot of odd stories. And so we kind of thought we'd just chat about those kind of aspects a little bit and sort of merge the history with uh, a little bit of the project that these guys are doing um, because they tie in together. They do.
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, where do we want to start? Uh, You know, we can start with, um, maybe I'll start, maybe we can start with just the generalization, you know, and then we'll start start with some history. So the reason why everybody knows what NL five is, in my opinion, is because of Neville. Right. Yeah. Uh, Neville uh, popularized it. He picked a selection uh, and he used the NL5 and a bunch of famous crosses, one of which was probably the most famous line of all time, the NL5 haze. Yes. Uh, and then other groups and Canadian seed banks and all these different things started using the name NL5, NL5. Right. Yeah. And it just sort of became part of the fabric of cannabis history yeah if you will right That's and there was fair. a lot misunderstood about it or whatever but it's probably one of the most recognizable terms in cannabis yeah i think even people like my parents uh, my mom my dad was who he
0: was with weed but my mom had nothing to do with it she wanted nothing to do with it never learned it and even she is
1: sort of northern lights as a street yeah. and yeah. northern lights and northern lights five and all that and so now what we've got going on is as I've joked on previous episodes or whatever, that like when I was trying to collect uh, a lot of old stuff, it was almost impossible. Um, But now we're kind of in this wave of, you know, famous things from the eighties and nineties, you know, or in any form they might exist in has, has has got a resurgence of popularity and interest and people want to see what's up with, you know, what was once common (laughs) becomes legendary. Yeah. Right. Is really is kind of what it boils down to, and so for anyone that came into the weed scene later, when ML5 was already kind of a myth, um, you know, uh, you know, hopefully we can like clear up a bunch of stuff because there's a lot of there's a lot of people that are talking about the name, yeah,
0: right, yeah. So uh, when we tell this tale, let's go ahead and start with there was a man named Herbie. Sure. And Herbie uh, went to a certain hair hair salon where the Northern Light crew hung out and he would go to they would go to this hair salon and commune and smoke weed and talk stuff. Well, this guy named Herbie came in and he was a a veteran and he um, wanted to be able to grow and make a living for himself. So they set him up with some lights and some some of the original Steve Murphy Afghani seeds. And he had some of his own um, different hybrids he was working with, mostly Colombian and Mexican, I believe that was the uh, quote. Um, yeah. And, and he he was the one who selected this NL5 clone from or from his own work with the Steve Murphy Afghan and the Hawaiian.
1: So, yeah, I mean, probably the the way that people can understand it the best is that there was a loose collective group of friends, you know, you know, acquaintances, whatever, in the Pacific Northwest area. Um, Herbie was one. There was a guy named some some people call him the Indian uh, was another one. Um, Steve Murphy was a different one. Um, There was, uh, you know, a um, there was a number of different characters all involved at various points and so it was a mostly everyone has to remember that in that time in the early 80s almost everything in america was still sativa and (laughs) blends of different sativas because all the all the weed that came into america was seeded sativa weed right yeah so the core of everybody starting to breed was you got free seeds with your sativa weed lots of lots (laughs) of them and the rare shit was indica because yeah. indica made hash hash didn't come with free seeds and so indica seeds were really hard to acquire uh they came from people on the hippie hashish trail <laughs> people like sam skunkman and neville and others made trips to afghanistan which in that era was extremely difficult to do and um, dangerous dangerous and yeah. they started bringing back small amounts of seeds so yeah. unlike sativa That was getting sativa seeds spread out all over America in every kilo that was sold. Indica seeds were hard to come by. Yeah. So the NL story starts with a very small handful of seeds of pure Indica that came from this dude named Steve Murphy. Yeah. Right? And then, of course, just like anybody, um, the group in in the Pacific Northwest up there started making hybrids of this stuff. They crossed it to itself. They crossed it to everything else they had and the the famous numbers of nl basically you know connotate like the lower the number the more indica and the shorter it was yeah so the one two three four were, were pre, pre, you know predominantly indica based and smaller and you start getting into five six seven eight nine ten eleven and they start getting more and more sativa now Matt's already interviewed one of the main characters uh, in the fr- in, in this thing. And he basically stated that they took that Steve Murphy Afghan and they crossed it to every sativa they could get their hands on. So Hawaiians, Mexicans, Colombians, Thai. Indians, you said Indians. Indians. Yeah. Uh, blends of those things, hybrids of those things, all back and forth. Right. Yeah. So the NL5, they had this buddy named Herbie. Who got involved? And uh, Herbie had a Hawaiian, okay. And this Hawaiian was, um, you know, he crossed. He it got crossed to the Steve Murphy Afghan, and the it got called NL five uh, for its position and the height and the blend of sativa versus indica or whatever. And they found a fino that they really really liked. So. Yeah. NL-5 initially was a seed line created within that little crew. And then Herbie gave back to the NL crew like this select pheno that he was super excited about. And so the, as best we can tell, it's a pure Afghan from Steve Murphy on the one side and a Mexican Colombian, we believe, on the other side. That was called a Hawaiian because... It was it- called a Hawaiian because it was grown in Hawaii, but there is yeah. no indigenous Hawaiian weed yeah most Hawaiian weed was Mexican Colombian a blend of those two or a blend of those two with afghan yeah. right so um you know and then as you know as the story's been told, uh this gentleman um sent neville uh a uh, a whole bunch of seeds, all numbered right yeah, and uh I don't know if you have any of those catalogs handy, but Neville's My story gentleman. is that. Neville's story is that he was, um, you know, he did a lot of work with them. And a lot of them, as we found out, were a mess because they were a blend of indicas and, and sativas. Yeah. But in this one seed of NL5 out of a bunch of indicas, sativa hybrids and a mess, he found this plant that was what he called a pure indica throwback that showed zero sativa influence yeah it was short, it was squat, it was leafy, it was covered in frost, it didn't have a lot of smell um and so he started crossing this to things and it crossed amazingly well with basically everything he threw on it. yeah, so the legend of n l five was born because he crossed it to skunk one and he crossed it to n l he crossed it to haze and he crossed it to nl2 and he crossed it to a few other things uh it started showing up in polyhybrids he made like silver pearl yeah and it just sort of became one of the building blocks of his genetic library and since he was one of the first dudes that had a seed bank anything that he had that he threw into a bunch of crosses kind of went everywhere yeah right And all these things are winning high times, you know, stuff. And it's getting big, glossy pictures. And NL5 haze was the most popular strain they sold. So the legend of it just took off. Now, there's a debate here because what's indisputable is that he went to the States and he got uh, the Pacific Northwest hash plant and the... um, And the G13 through friends of uh, another guy who's pretty famous named Jorge Cervantes, some friends of his hooked him up and he arranged for the cutting that the guys in the Pacific Northwest were growing as NL five to be shipped over. Right. Yeah. And so they did this. They did this clever thing where they shipped this plant over in a terrarium of other plants and they took scissors and they cut the serrations off the edges of each of the pot leaves. So it didn't look like wheat. <laughs> That's sick, huh? That's right? like a they sick just, they idea. Just shaved, they just shaved all that off. So it looked unusual. And if Neville is posted uh, back when he used to post on Mr. Nice, that he didn't like that one as much because it wasn't as consistent of a breeder as the one he found amongst the seed line. Yeah. And so he didn't use it. Yeah. So right there you have this massive confusion where everybody thinks NL5 is the same thing. Where it is kind of the same thing but there's a seed line that never got out. There's a clone that they selected from that seed line that was popular in Washington. Yeah. And there's a clone that that Neville found among seeds they sent to him. And they all got called NL5.
0: Yes. And so, that's where a lot of the, con-
1: the confusion lies. Yeah. So people think they'll be like, oh, I've got the same clone that Neville used in all of his breeding, but it never left the West Coast. Yeah. Well, no, because Neville says he found it in seed. Yeah. You know, so there was there was two select cuttings even early. Um, and, you know, most people don't realize this, but Neville says his was like a total Afghan throwback. And the one that, that uh, the Seattle crew describes had like two-foot colas on it, right? Yeah, that's Big, right. Big, long, running, lime green colas. Well, yes and no. Yes um, and no. If I, remember, if I remember,
0: it was stated that they combined different buds to make it look like it had a massive cola for Neville in the picture. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, so that, there was some <laughs> fun
1: stuff going on. There was some shenanigans, perhaps. Yes, shenanigans abound. There was some shenanigans. So there's a so yeah, I mean there's an aspect where um I'm sorry, I'm looking down for a second because Matt didn't have his catalog handy. I know, but, I always do too. But I do. I don't know if there's a bigger version of this, Let's but if it. everyone wants to look, oh, that yeah, picture yeah. right there, that is a picture of the mother cut taken in Amsterdam and put in the Scentsy Seeds catalogue taken when it won a cup in 1995 it was printed in the 96 catalog that is a that is one of the few existing pictures of an actual growing nl5 that neville used and you yes. can see it's short it's squat it's leafy as fuck you know it's mm-hmm. got all these things going on to it um and so you know uh so nl5 Neville said that NL five was probably NL five. Hayes was probably the most famous and best selling thing in his whole catalog, both at his seed bank and later at Sensi. Yeah. Um, the NL five Skunk one got renamed. I don't know if it was renamed Shiva Shiva Skunk. Yeah, I think it was renamed Shiva Skunk at, at Sensi Seeds, but it was sold the whole time. Yeah. Um, so probably it was sold from eighty seven or eighty eight all the way through, uh, you know, 1999 or the early two thousands still probably to this day, but it's not the same shit. Yeah. Um, and NL five Hayes was sold consistently. So, you know, it just kind of entered into the lexicon. Everybody knows NL five Hayes. Yeah. And it's gotten old enough now that a bunch of people are like, oh, I have it. I have the original cutting. I have the, this, I have the, that. So, you know, um, you know and uh, and and you know it it um, someone's saying nothing about the NL crew telling Neville that I mean Neville, you know Neville spoke about the NL, but he basically like has said that he just got um, he just got these labeled seeds, and he made his own inferences about them, you know, so yeah. you know, he had to, he had to make it up, basically, like he had to think what, what am I seeing? Yeah. Um, And then, you know, the guys back then, it was in the 80s and they were all scared of getting busted. So they didn't really take copious notes. No. And that That was stated Um, several times, you know, and we actually know a bit more about the NL five than we know about a lot of the other NL numbers because of what Herbie was working with and what he said he crossed to the Steve Murphy to get that NL five. Yeah. So it's like a lot of things, you know, I mean, a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of breedings are collaborative it's a small group of friends doing one part at my garage and you do the next part at yours and this and that and everything else. And who's responsible for it. There might be one or two people that gets known for it, but in reality there's a whole little group that's involved. Yeah. It was, it was a a kind of small group. Yeah. Right. Yep. So, you know uh, and then, you know, when it comes to NL five Hayes, Neville claims that, Right before he left Sensi, about ninety five ish, they lost the mother of NL five. Dope. It died, and it makes kind of sense because if you like, there's a bunch of NL five haze cuts that still are kept in in America, especially in the New York region and in Amsterdam, Mm -hmm. and they all are basically from eighty eight to ninety five. Yeah, you know, there's not really people aren't really like, oh, I got this one in two thousand and two. But there was a lot of fire in those seven or eight years that they were able to marry those two plants together. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, uh, Super Silver Haze and stuff like that was kind of Neville's attempt to blend the three most famous Amsterdam lines together, uh, which was NL, Skunk, and Haze. And so, you know, now we have this whole thing where everything gets different names and different nicknames, and tons of shit has NL or skunk, or haze, blended into it. yeah. But you might not know because it doesn't have that name attached. Yeah. You know? Uh, No, someone said, I assumed it was phenos of one to nine. No, it was different hybrids. So NL1 was almost pure Afghan. NL2 was another Afghan that they actually got like a Kush-type Afghan from the Indian, and they blended that to Steve Murphy. Yeah, Three and four are sort of lost to time. Nobody has them, but they were also, you know, they started increasing amounts of sativa. And five through 11 were just the NL crews crossing that Afghan to different sativas. Yeah. And, you know, the more, the higher the number, the taller the plant, the more sativa influenced. Yeah. Right? Yep. That's how we know it. So if you look around... Uh, at some of Neville's early catalogs you can see him playing around he uses the 8, he uses the 5, he uses the 9 he's got the 1 and the 2 you know, all these different things and then after 3 or 4 years he decided basically that he was only going to breed with the 1, the 2 and the 1 cutting of the 5 that he found Yeah, and so all these other hybrids kind of go away because probably because they were mixes of extreme sativas with indicas and they were probably a lot more of a pain in the ass for a breeder to tame yeah and and he did have high high as far as his keepers he did use a uh a rigorous selection so he didn't keep he went through a lot of seeds to yeah. find I, what he kept and the indian i believe the indian was native american but i can't say that for yeah certain, he, but he, he was he was native american but he was he was part of the pacific northwest crew yeah uh, and a lot of these guys aren't aren't well-known and don't want to be the well-known because in the 80s, especially in the late 80s, there was a series of rolling busts and they all got in trouble. Yeah. Uh, so it was a hard time to be a cultivator. You know, um, Beginning of green merchant. Yeah. Yeah. And all, and all that it was there was a lot of persecution back then. There was a lot of secrecy back then. That's part of why they didn't keep copious notes because they didn't want them to be used against them in a court of law later on. Um, and so, you know, but basically I say, I think it's fair to say that the reason why everybody knows NL five is because of Neville that I think that's fair. I think everybody agrees with that too, because that's he, and even like the Seattle guys will say that if they hadn't sent it to Neville, mm-hmm. it likely would have been lost Yeah, because they went through a rolling series of busts and had issues. Yeah. You know, so, it, so it was sold at Neville's seed bank for a number of years and then it was sold at Sensi for a number of years after that. Mm-hmm. Uh never pure, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Always a hybrid. Skunk yeah. 1, Haze, NL2, Silver Pearl, other polyhybrids blended together but never really by itself. Yeah. So there was a pure seed line of NL5 but nobody got it. It wasn't sold, it didn't make it to out of Amsterdam. It was given to like a couple people and even like even great, you know, uh even like some of the Seattle guys said that there was a couple of cuts that got out, the eight, the nine, and maybe one of the, and maybe one of the twos from the Indian, but nothing else. Yeah. So the five survived because it went to Amsterdam. Basically. Yeah, that it's that's the only reason it survived. That's the only reason why it survived. So if you listen to the Seattle crew, they had one version of NL five that they kept as a cutting and, and kind of cropped out. Uh, Neville found a breeder that he kept, you know? Yeah. And, you know, it kind of, it kind of went into, it kind of went into legend, Um, you know? And so, you know, uh, and so, yeah, I I see all kinds of people. What's up with this person's NL one. What's up with this NL five. What happened is, is because it became so famous, Okay. Two things happened. One is that in Amsterdam, anytime anything gets famous, people get seeds of it and they white label it. Yeah. Right. And they offer up their own versions of it. Okay. And then on top of that, when the Canadian seed companies got involved, they ended up buying a bunch of stuff from Amsterdam, blending it to Canadian strains and claiming that they had these things for sales purposes. Yeah. You know, so you get, and, and they all have sort of dodgy history. Yeah. When it comes to provenance. What I've, what I've told you so far is pretty much factually agreed to by the people that sent it to Neville and Neville. Yeah. And people around Neville. Yeah. You know? And then <laughs> yeah. it gets famous, and there's a proliferation of people and seed banks that claim to have various stuff. But they weren't passing out this cutting to other people. No. They weren't sharing it just so other people in different continents could, like, make their own seeds with it. It wasn't like today where people were trading seeds back and forth, you know, and and clones back and forth, especially to competitors. You know, the Dutch are extremely business oriented. Very. They're not going to just, like, bro out. (laughs) 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 Yeah. And yeah, that's why Matt's laughing because they very are very much business oriented. If they have a cut and everyone else wants it and they're breeding off it and making money, there's not really a chance they're going to share that fucking thing. And there's a definite chance everybody's going to say that they have it. <laughs> yeah. There's a definite chance that everyone's yeah. going to say they have it and they're going to use that na- Any name that becomes famous in yeah. cannabis gets used. Yeah. You know, so someone asked about, you know, and so, uh um, That's kind of like, that's kind of where NL five, you know, just got crossed to some very famous things. And Neville made some very fucking famous lines off it. And there wasn't that much weed strains back then. And the combination of that and high times being like the premier magazine in the nineties, and you get all these high quality glossy photos and all the, the cannabis cups. And there was only one cannabis cup a year. Yeah. So this shit
2: got, Hella famous, legendary,
1: you know. Yeah, and um, you know, NL1. I, and what or about N L one? What's that? What about N L one? Oh, Denali's question. Oh, I I didn't see it. I mean, N L one is is probably the closest thing to Steve Murphy Afghan. Um, it's 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 got a little bit of discrepancy between the guys involved as to what exactly is in it. Yeah, um, but you know, it's That's kind of irrelevant because what actually got sold is what got sent to Neville. And everybody should know that Neville got it in, in, uh, in 84, 85 Mm -hmm. and spent two or three years seeing what he had. So if you bought Northern lights in 85 or 86 or even 87 from his catalog, it was a fucking hodgepodge of any of the lines all blended together. Yeah. It wasn't until about 88, that uh um it wasn't about, I'm gonna turn off my light because people are bitching. It wasn't about till 88 <laughs> that uh he started coming out with NL1, NL2, and NL5. Yeah. Right? And uh, you know, and so and then so th- then these numbers get attached. I think 1989, late 88 is when NL5 Hayes got released. Yeah. And NL5 Skunk won and nl5 this and so nl1 nl2 you know when it went to sensi um you know they just called nl1 northern lights yeah and they called nl2 hindu kush uh and so lots of people got nl because it was one of the most common things sold. yeah so i had to screenshot something that's funny no (laughs) yeah it's hard i mean people ask questions sometimes i'll get it sometimes not it's really hard to like pat your head and rub your stomach at the same time so like I try to chat about something and sound like you know fairly have a have some flow and then I read a question and I think about it and all of a sudden I'm not talking and I'm just staring at the screen so forgive me uh, for all yeah. that you know if I it's miss a your little question, ADHD. <laughs> yeah if I miss your question i'm I'm sorry it, it's just the way it works so you know I've chatted about this a bunch before on some of the previous podcasts and a little bit more detail but mm-hmm that's what got it famous that
2: that, right. that is the story that is that is that is that is, that
1: is the story and so now anytime anything becomes famous you know it's kind of like music or fashion or something like that it gets fucking recycled right like it's it gets old, old new. and most people don't know about it and then all of a sudden people are like i've got this ancient nl5 cut and i'm making beans with yeah. I've got this, 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 you know, um, you know, and maybe, maybe Matt, you could explain the boof cut or the, the new uh, cut. I, <laughs> the I, new I
0: I, don't know. I, I've never talked to Bodie about that one. And I keep meaning to ask him because people ask it a lot, but I don't know the
1: the history on that one. So, I mean, people, you know, and, you know, people asked about Bob Hill, and, you know, uh, and, and, the, and Ella and stuff like that. And so people have been, people, you know, it's really hard when you get seed, when you get seeds and lines that are that are 25, 30 years old plus uh, provenance on it becomes difficult. Yeah. Right. You know. Um, apparently, you know, uh, Hemp Hill used to work in, with uh, the Coastal Seeds Collective, uh, and apparently, you know, he got it through some friend of Cogu's. You know, um, but NL one was sold for you know what probably twenty years yeah for a long time for a long time it was it was sold it was and there was never a specific cut. I mean, Neville had some breeding males that he used uh n l1 and n l two and Neville's thing was almost always males. yeah, they were part of his breeding males, and so it wasn't like n l5 while, while, while never Neville just had one cutting that had to be kept alive yeah n l one was kind of like a line. Yeah. And so any like Durban poison or something, right? Yeah. So anytime there's a line, it's a lot harder to lose the line than it is when you're dependent on one specific cut to stay alive and keep going. Yeah. And the other thing is because these, these, these fucking Dutch guys are such businessmen when you're not sharing a cut amongst your homies and your good friends it exponentially increases the chance that some kind of disease or accident or drought or worker error is going to kill your fucking cut. That greed will get you. And then you haven't shared it. So it gets lost. Right. Yep. Uh, You know, and so uh, Ben and Alan drunkers aren't generous people. No, they weren't 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 sharing. They weren't sharing shit with anybody, you know? Um, And, uh, you know, so, I don't know. I mean, it, it, uh, NL5 is super famous. NL is super famous. We went through probably a 10 year period where nobody gave a shit. Uh, probably starting right around the Kush sour going into cookie era. Yeah. Uh, where old things were just old and unpopular. Right? Yeah.
0: It's just, yeah, things like Northern
1: Lights, Skunk One,
0: these were a cheese. Things that that like people are kind of looking at now, like oh, they got the fucking cheese, they got the they got, like. If I saw that in a, in a store with tons of col- uh, clones in you know the early mid two thousands, it's like, huh? I even, give me some of that new shit. Nobody
1: was worried about that because it was so abundant. Oh, you know? dude! I mean, we we had a. I can't remember who said it, but it's absolutely true. You know, 15, 20 years ago, you you bought seeds from Nirvana, Gypsy Nirvana. And you got free skunk one seeds because he might as well, because you had so many of them and it was so common. It was, you know, you had to give them away. Yeah. Because nobody wanted to buy them. Yeah. It was super abundant. And so there's a thing where everything's so common. Why would anyone want it? And people's tastes and change, you know, people's, you know, taste changes and then it becomes rare and then people want it again. Yeah, but most people in cannabis don't hold on to anything unless it's currently profitable. So what what once becomes we've we've seen it over and over and over and over again, um, you know, where something that was once abundant yeah. becomes uber rare or lost to time. Like I'll say it straight up, if it you know, hopefully he pops on here this evening. But if it wasn't for CSI loving the Urkel and breeding with it a ton, most people wouldn't have access to it. Yeah. His prolific breeding is probably the reason why that genetics survived. Yeah. And I'm not saying he's the only person that held it. No, but it but yeah. It got I used to know, I mean, we're not gonna talk about purples very long here tonight, but like I used to know dozens upon dozens of growers fifteen years ago that ran Urkel. And you and then Diesel and Kush gets popular and like six people held on to it. Yeah. Literally. Yeah, it's yeah, that's how it goes, dude. And it's not, and and the reason why I brought that up is because that's how super skunk became almost extinct. That's how nobody can find the the de- the dead skunk terps. That's how all these things become rare or hoarded or extinct. Is they're so common nobody thinks they need to care to preserve it, and then hippies and growers start looking around at who's got that old school, and they can't fucking find it.
0: And a lot of times the name game happens, it'll get a different name or, you know, someone makes seeds with it and it has a different name that it carries on with. So people don't even
1: know to look in that direction for said one of these baselines. Yeah, we've talked about that before, too, where I love the counterculture aspect of Americans giving weed nicknames. Yeah. But for lineage, it's a real pain in the ass. No, oh, it's terrible because we take whatever the name of the actual thing is and it gets a nickname and then it goes <laughs> to a different crew and they give it a different fucking nickname. Yeah. And then it goes to this other crew and they give it a spin on that name. Yeah. And then 20 years goes by and you're trying to trace what the hell it is. Yeah. Plain telephone. And you've got to go through four or five nicknames back and then you get to the core thing and then you, and then the trail goes dry. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. I mean uh so now after 10 or 15 years of nobody giving a shit about northern lights it's hot yeah people want to try these ancient things that they grew up when they were kids reading about or these the the first wheat the first like true famous wheat yeah you know they want to see what's up they want to see what's up with it and uh you know and so now because there's interest now, all of a sudden, where there's interest, there's economy, and people start popping up with it. Yeah. All over the place. And most people probably don't know that there was two completely distinct cuts that were used. One from America and one from Holland. Yeah. And there was a seed line, but it was given out to nobody. And then you see stuff where I've got NL5 pure. Well, how? Oh, yeah.
2: yeah. Lots of that.
1: Right? How? Yeah. You know? You know? I mean, you can... You can talk, you can, you can know that, that Neville had it pure because the Mm -hmm. guy that made it says I sent it to him pure along with the rest of it. Yeah. And Neville says, I got it pure from dude. Okay. They both agree. Here's when I sent it, it exists, but did you share it with anybody? No. So everybody has a bunch of hybrids or Canadians got it and sold their shit and then people get it and it's got a name attached and they're like, you know, um, there there it is. Yeah. You know, and because we're cannabis and because all of our stories are kind of black market or underground or prohibition it gets really difficult to, to sometimes it comes down to who you choose to believe. Yeah, and that, that's a lot of the time with a lot of these strains. And so some people will get like NL and they'll and the guy will be like, I've had this for thirty years and never left the West Coast. It's it's this. Yeah. And they're like, Great, it's this. That's all the proof I need hmm let's start breeding with it and it's this and now it's labels all over the place and people are buying it and is it that
0: one thing one thing i also noticed was that during the phylos era um, a lot of people would get said clone that they got with dubious heritage or whatever they submit it to phylos and f- by doing so say that Phy- phylos verified their clone is legitimate Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. That happened. That started happening a lot, too. And that was a real problem because, and as we learned, um, allegedly, yeah, phylos couldn't tell people any kind of plant relation with any
1: consistency. I mean, the uh, thing that maybe we should say this about CSI is that it doesn't matter what it is, but CSI sent in this is how. Matt, myself, and CSI discovered that Phylos was really, really, really full of it. Um, we had some evidence before, but this was kind of one of the big kickers, was that uh, CSI had made a cross, uh, and he sent in both parents. And I don't know sele- if he wants the story out so much. No? Yeah. No. I'll, sh- I'll shut up about it then. I didn't <laughs> even mention what it was. But I'll just say this. We-, we discovered that their genetic sequencing wasn't as strong as we would have hoped.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: it was it was definitely disappointing with the consistency of it. You know, and so people thought that their genetic testing was like American genetic testing. Yeah. Where yeah. you can have 23 and me or some shit and be like, oh, my God, I'm five percent Norwegian. And, you know, grandpa was from Germany and this guy. And I'm like, and I'm part African or whatever. Yeah. And we were hoping that same kind of accuracy would be transferred into weed. Yeah. And I'm t- huh? t- trying to move Caleb in.
0: Oh, we'll see. Caleb, click the thing and say request to join if you can,
2: if you if you see how to do that. Hit the request to join button so I can uh, add you in when you got time.
1: All right, go ahead. Yeah. So, I mean, it it, um, and, you know, in order the other the other thing about it is, is for like talking about human genetics. Is geneticists can go to like a pure Norwegian or a pure Japanese or a pure Chinese, or whatever, and they can start comparing DNA. Yeah. And seeing these different things and they know how to sequence it. If It would be amazing if DNA evidence had existed in Holland in the 80s. Yeah. And Neville and, and SSSC and, and Sensi and these early groups would have been able to like put down markers of what was what. Yeah. And then we could have seen their descendants because you'd have something to compare it to. Yeah. But that's not always the case. That's not always the case. So, you know, uh, so it, it remains a dream because here he is. Okay. Oh, Boom. there he is. Sir, your lighting is terrible. But if you just <laughs> if you look like you look like you're on 60 Minutes and you're one of those like grayed out, you know, like guys under the witness protection program. It's too bright in here. It's too bright in here. <laughs> yeah. Well, we can I can hear your, your, voice fine. your face.
0: Too bright.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I ain't trying to, you know. <laughs> well,
1: you look beautiful. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So maybe I talk a lot. So maybe I'll do like an introduction, uh, not that one's needed, and then I'll shut up and get out of the way. So yeah. part of the reason why we did th- we tr- we decided to do this selection tonight was because it blends uh, something that's currently going on with something that's extremely famous and uh, has a bunch of history to it. So I right. just spent a whole bunch of time chatting about the history of it and the simple and maybe like you know mellow way to talk about it is that uh, in in our search of history we started getting in contact with some of these. Uh, original northern lights crew people and hearing their story and as part of that uh we got we got some seats Mm -hmm. uh matt got some seats and then um matt uh and and caleb here uh decided to collaborate on it uh and and caleb donated some space and some time and some energy and they uh, did a bunch of stuff, uh, both growing out phenos, looking within the line, making hybrids and all that. And so, uh, I was, I was involved as much as listening to them talk about it. So I'll (laughs) shut up and turn it over to them because, uh, they are about to offer up some seeds of what they have going on. Uh, and it might be, you know, some of the first real NL to come on the market in a while. Um, so Matt and Caleb, why don't you chat about what you found and what you saw and what interested you? And da 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 da. da. Well, first things first,
3: you know. I'm, you know, when I posted up on IG, you know, there's there's a few people who are like, you know, what did what did Matt have to do with any of this? You know, and <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't even be growing these seeds if Matt hadn't, you know, had all that dialogue with you know Mystery Man, <laughs> and you know. He, he's the one who, you know, put all that together. He's the one who sourced these seeds, essentially. So I wouldn't be growing nothing without Matt, you know,
1: making that first step. So, yeah, you know. And maybe, maybe I'll throw in one more thing so everyone knows. When, mm-hmm. you know, breeders like us get together, it's super common for mm-hmm. some breeding to be a collaborative process. Right, right. This guy's got some seeds you know, they both have an idea, this other person has some room that they're willing to put towards the idea or a greenhouse or some indoor space. They come up with a plan and you breed together, right? And people <laughs> might not just hear about it, JJ of the transaction, <laughs> but, but every, but everybody, everybody, you know, lots, lots of friends who are breeders kind of collaborate on little things like that all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's super common just so people, just so people know. So. You know um you know matt had the seeds uh you know csi had the space the and goals, skill <laughs> you know and skill and you know and, and ability uh we all had the interest in the history behind it mm-hmm. and really wanted to see what was in there and so it you know the project happened right and uh you know some people know some people don't that the
3: very first you know clone i ever grew came from my dad and that was northern lights back in 1994 you know so that's about that one dude i mean you How know you i remember i mean i rocked it on and off until about 2002 when i lost it mm-hmm. and uh it was a cola plant super frosty a decent density you know not not like rock hard girl scout cookies or anything mm-hmm. uh, i i i describe the nose, but I'm absolutely horrible at describing, you know, the smells. So when people ask, I'm like, it smells good. I don't know. <laughs> and, uh, that's not my forte. I, I'm i more of a visual, you know, oh, it looks like this, you know, similar to this in the looks department, blah, blah, blah. You know, other than, you know, it smells great or whatever, whatever. Yeah. I'm not the dude for, for the sniffer. <laughs> you know? Yeah
2: um but yeah
0: yeah i mean when you lost it was it something you kept
3: looking for like when you when you were picking up clones oh yeah oh yeah yeah no it was one of the things that you know uh family and friends you know all had it and then you know i lost it and i went looking and nobody had it It, everybody lost it you know that's how it goes (laughs) Yep. yep. yeah but uh, some
0: people are asking if it purpled
3: Nah, no uh-uh. no no uh uh-uh. not not the one I got from my dad um yeah. i don't I don't really recall it even remotely having any type of purple to it at all yeah and and these these you know n l five seeds that you know uh I just ran there was very very little if any you know actual purple to any of them, so yeah. you know um but then again, uh Sometimes when you're making seed, uh, you know, the purple traits kind of, kind of tend to take a back seat. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of purple things will be halfway green, you know, or all the way green, you know, uh, when they're making seeds. So, I mean, uh, Mendo purple does that, you know, where it's, you know, more green than purple, even under cool temperatures and everything
1: when it's full of seeds. Yeah. You know, so, um, but, uh, I, I think the plants have different uh, processes when they're <laughs> pregnated versus not, right? Right. You know, very, very um, they 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 do they do very different things. Their their goal is different at the time. And and I didn't even
3: think about this, but I'm I'm feeding seeded out plants, you know, nitrogen fuck all the way through. Yeah. yeah, I'm not trying to cut off their nitro source, you know, early
1: like I would a flower. So yeah, the goal is. Is healthy, mature seeds not attractive flower? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Flower is just the carrier for the seed, so yep. it's very yep. different. It's a very different feeding regimen mm-hmm. uh, to get where you want to go. Yeah, and flower. Which, which is why when you have a
3: failed run and a bunch of flower and no seed, <laughs> smoke ain't the best. Yeah, no.
1: right. you <laughs> already said it maybe maybe i should mention something is that uh C- you know csi has actual you know he has some pictures of some of these old gardens and stuff like that um, mm. but unfortunately since it was all prohibition-y back then um they were on polaroids and uh you learn with polaroids that they fade over time
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know yep.
1: so uh they become the the colors start to become washed out the edges start to become less distinct yep. uh so You know, he cataloged some of it and, uh, you know, you can you can get a general idea, but it's not the sharpest of picks.
3: Right. I I have thousands of these Polaroids, you know, for, you know, the better part of a decade. And now. Now they're uh, (laughs) (laughs) not much to look at.
1: Yeah, that's a bummer, dude. That's such a bummer. Right, right. It's just something you didn't know at the time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Who knew that over 15, 20, 25 years, Polaroids would, would fade. Right. A a regular picture developed at a, you know, you know, old school style will stay good for a long time. Right. Polaroids don't, you know. I should have scanned them all while I had the chance. Yeah. I mean, you know, we all should have done things differently when we were younger. Uh, You know, that's the common theme. Right, right. Your camera's
0: slowly but surely burning out, bro.
1: Well, you know, so the best thing is, is I was having I was having a conversation with with uh, our buddy Pip, uh, who is going to drop some seeds soon. And he might come on here and chat with Matt and I, but he didn't really want to show his face. So I'm definitely going to show him this CSI tech yeah, right here, for real, uh, <laughs> because it's exactly what he's looking for, right. uh, a disembodied voice coming out of coming out of the darkness. Isn't that how they always used to do? It yeah, is, right. This is very sixty minutes in the nineties. You know, right. I just need. <laughs> now I just need the voice tech.
0: You, yeah, you need that voice tech.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Um, right. Tell us what you saw, man. Tell it. Tell us what you saw in that room.
3: Okay, What's so the 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 seeds that Riot and I have available um, are basically an open pollination uh, from. 47 plants 27 females 20 males just open pollinated and uh you know there was there was definitely good bad and the ugly in there um there was one plant that was near identical to the norm light i grew you know from 94 on from my dad um smelled like it looked extremely similar to it you know all of that um and you know i I had uh one of my good old old buddies from you know from that area you know uh you know check checking things out with me as it was progressing and he was like yeah that's that's just like the plant we we used to rock you know twenty five years ago, so that's wild that that's definitely a good sign um there was a lot of variety in there um one of my favorites of course uh was this one that was super frosty, kind of a popcorn nugget thing a really good stretch, um, and it was kind of bubble gummy. I, that's how I, you know, describe it, but I don't know, maybe other people would, you know, just describe the smell different. Um, but it was really nice, um, and we're definitely saving that one. And yeah. then there was one that was, um, I just have it written down as stinky as fuck, but <laughs> it, it it's it, it had, like, 10 different smells, you know, top, middle, bottom. And I i can't describe that kind of stuff. But, you know, there's there's guys with noses who are like, oh, yeah, that's blah, 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 you know, and list 20 different smells on something. But all I know is it smelled amazing, too. Um, yeah. And that one, uh, that one's definitely a keeper. And then there were some other ones that, you know, ranged, uh, you know, this way and that way and you know might might end up being keepers might not definitely going to give them a couple few runs to decide on which ones are going to kind of make the cut for future projects you know so that that's what i'm stoked about is that we get to see them as clones
0: not just seed seed moms you know but as clones and they get clones of every single one it's it's pretty expansive and it was a it, it was a cool it was cool to and i know you know he 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 credits me with getting the seats and stuff but it was it was really cool to be able to to look inside uh csi's mindset as he did these selections what he was looking for how he went about it how many clones he was keeping of each i learned a lot i learned a lot from dude during this so um he put in the work <laughs> no matter what he says he put
1: in the fucking work on this stuff so, right uh, and yeah. Maybe maybe I should add something in where Caleb and I chat a bunch about, like, you know, phenos he's found in seed lines before um, that didn't survive. Like, you know, the, the backup clone didn't survive and he lost it. And he's like, well, you know, I got X amount of these seeds. I can find it again. So uh, maybe, you know, how excited were you, dude, to find something that was pretty close to the spitting image of your lost plant? I, I was stoked
3: on it. Um, but, you know, uh, I was all no, honestly more excited with some of these other ones that, you know, because, you know, back in 94, you're, the the reality is, you know, um, it's just a, a traded clone. You have no idea, you know, where it came from, how many speeds it got selected from, you know, anything about it, you know. And that's the thing with traded clones is, you know, it might be selected from one or four or 10 or a hundred, you know, um, I just like, you know, having the opportunity to actually select from
1: better than one. Yeah, for sure. I think too, that like, there are things for all of us now that we're all all older where Mm -hmm. some of the strains that you grow first and you build your first relationships with as a grower in your mind, because you're learning so much then. Mm -hmm. And this is your kind bud plant. Right. Right. You know, and they really stick with you. Those. And, you know, you think back like, oh, what could I have done uh, with that plant when I actually had some uh, some knowledge? Mm -hmm. When I had that plant, I was an idiot. You know, I was 19 or something and I didn't know Jack. And now I'm like, you know, what could I do if I had it now? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm, I'm a little interested, too. And I know this is an NL talk. But are are you do you want to talk about any of the pinks and perfs stuff you're seeing too since that's a big project you have going on right now?
3: <laughs> uh we we can touch on it just a little bit. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, uh um had me amped. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to uh uh you know try to post up a little bit more on that soon. Uh, just just because uh there's there's some interesting stuff in in there. Um and uh yeah, that one keeper I was telling you about uh it smells better than ninety-nine percent of weed I've come across. So
0: That's wild.
3: You know. Um definitely it's not a purple pheno, pure green, you know, no wow. purple traits to it whatsoever, but man, the smell is just so overpowering. Uh I, I think it could be a, a pass around with a keeper as long as it's over five percent THC of course.
1: Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, you we'll know, see. we sh- we should mention that some of the terpiest things tend mm-hmm. to be lower THC. Right, right. There's a right. ratio. There's a there's a there's a ratio there that's not fully understood, but right. a lot of times things that are extremely human perception terpene mm-hmm. don't tend to be the most potent. There are things out there that have both, but uh, a lot of them don't. So we'll right. see. And, uh, and- ha- have I told you m- much or anything about this? Uh- pinks and perps plant. Uh, uh, I I heard it through your conversation. You and Matt chatted about it, and he called me all excited. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. because it's rare that you sound that excited. Yeah, uh, something that you found. I've, so he was. I
0: never heard him overstate anything about anything. Dude, pops <laughs> thousands of
1: seeds. So when he tells me, dude, <laughs> like
0: this is special. Like, I'm yeah. Like, I, I mean,
1: it? I think I think homie told me something like he, he thinks it might be like the best pheno you know, he's found. It's, yeah which for some- for someone like you to say who pops literally like thousands of seeds over a number of years and searches through them, that's right. really something, oh yeah, you know, and it really uh, is
3: I, I like to give to give credit to you know uh what what plants you know kind of produce these kind of things yeah and uh uh this particular plant you know it has mendo purple in its background, but there's no purple traits to this plant at all. But Mendo Purple has this strong uh, mango um, trait that pops yes. up in the ones, and this thing is that mango times a hundred. You know, it's it's just the strongest mango I've ever smelled. Wow, you know, as you know, and a bunch more fruit too. But uh, you know, I, I know it gets that mango. You know, at least you know a portion of it from from the Mendo Perps. So
1: you know could be cool Could be cool, as long as
3: i don't lose the clone ganja boners
1: <laughs> yeah i mean one one of the things that the mendo piece certainly has is it's got pretty wide genetic diversity so there's a lot of terps in there right Right. Know? and so then you throw it on something else that's also terpy and maybe wide and you can get these unusual things that have a potential to pop up right i mean right. that's kind of like people should know this too and maybe i should say it right now where it's like if you cross something to like that, uh, you know, to, bu- to I don't know, to deep chunk, you're going to get a lot of deep chunk oh, right? yeah. and it's, and it's going to be really consistent, you know, and there's certain things, you, you throw certain things on cookies and it looks very cookie. Right? right. And so people get frustrated when you cross two very wide things because you can get a bunch of junk and you can get a bunch of this and that, and it's all like unpredictable. Oh, yeah. But then every once in a while, amongst all that stuff, there's this gem because it's so wide and unpredictable. And you're like, oh, whoa, what is that thing? Right, right. So sometimes the frustration and the effort pays off because a really wide base of things to look through. And maybe I should say this too is when, you know, when Caleb was referencing when he did the open pollination that there was some gems, some mids, some junk, that's 90s weed. If you have a wide genetic base, you're gonna get amazing mid Z junk
3: right. all in combo. And yeah. also uh, on that pinks and perps one, uh, you know, I always, I, I was, I always forget this, but um, I I grew out when when I I made those and found that one. I w- I was growing out 180 of those things, so there was only one like it out of 180. Yeah, you know. So, I wonder
0: how it's going to breed because it was such a outlier, right? Uh, yeah. were, were there other other phenos that were more consistent and like popping up more
3: often? Oh yeah, the 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 purple ones were predominant. Yeah, you know? to find an actual green one in in this hybrid was actually the rarity. You know, most most everything was you know some form of light pink or lavender. You know, all the way through you know purple to almost black. Yeah you know but uh yeah the the green ones were were rare you know and and i I probably kept out of the hundred and eighty I probably kept about twenty or so of the of the darker purple ones and just the real terpier ones the you know but they're all I don't think i I have any other uh green ones out of the whole all all the purples and the blacks that's so, wild man, yeah, that it was so consistently that, and then this one pops up
1: right. So, and so yeah. maybe I should throw this out there just real quick before we totally lose the thread on it is on some of these ones that you found that, that the one that's super frosty and smells to you like bubblegum and the one that kind of reminds you strongly of your dad, dad's, dad's NL and such, mm-hmm. um, you're probably planning on doing some more breeding with those select females, correct?
3: Oh yeah. I'm already working on that too. Uh, so the, the first round of course was the open pollination and now um, I have a, a room that's a couple of few weeks into flower, and that's all the keeper females and my keeper male, my favorite male out of the whole bunch, which is, um, I don't know, it's it's like almost a milk chocolatey smelling male. And he's super pungent and he almost looks like a bigger uh, version of purple indica, you know, yeah, that's cool. That was- that's a throwback from the same, you know, Washington areas these seeds came from, you know, so, you know, there's, there's something to that. And, uh, like I've told, uh, um, told Matt, I'm not sure if I, I told you not so, but, uh, um, when the, the norm lights I used to have, um, you know, occasionally I'd throw a, a late Nana or whatever, whatever. And I grew out a bunch of S1 seeds. Well, I gave, you know, some of these S1s to my buddy, you know, uh, clones of the S1s anyway. And uh, um, he uh, accidentally crossed it to train wreck. <laughs> and when that stuff was grown out, it had that same chocolatiness that I'm smelling in this thing, you know, when grown outdoors. So, I don't know if it's just coincidence or or what, but, you know. It, it it could just be same, same, similar
1: genetics, the power yeah. of accidents, mm-hmm. the power of yeah. accidents. So maybe I should throw this in there too. So if with, with the, the seeds that, uh, Matt and Caleb are offering up this open pollination, uh, what that's going to give you is, you know, that's going to give you your own ability to hunt through the line and it's going to be very wide, you know? Mm-hmm but you could find gems just like he found, you know, uh, you could, you could absolutely perhaps find what you wouldn't know that it looked, you know, there, there could be bubblegum smelling ones. There could be this ones. There could be, there's a reasonably good chance that somewhere in there, those phenos pop up again and then give them X amount of months to do some more breeding. And we'll get a chance to see if some of these selected females breed true for the traits that he liked.
2: Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm.
1: those will be on offer too. So that's kind of like, for people that don't know, that's kind of like when you get old seeds or seeds that you want to preserve, one of the best things to do to keep the genetic diversity of the line is just to open pollinate everything, right? And Mm. then, you know, you can set aside, you know, some seeds from selected phenos and you can keep certain phenos and start breeding with them and intentionally and seeing where it takes you. So that's kind of like the, that's one of the processes of, um, taking old seeds and trying to both preserve the line, but then take it in certain directions. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. That's, I, always I mean, that's sure. kind of how I, and you've done that a number of times with like various heirloom strains that you've come across, you know,
3: always open pollinate step one. And then, you know, you can do whatever you want past that, you know, directional this way, that way, or the other you know. And everybody else can too as long as you know you share the seed and all that, you know.
0: Yeah.
2: Mhm. Mhm.
0: Are there any other projects you're you're super stoked about past that? Like uh, any fem projects coming up that you're 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 pumped about? Ooh,
3: I got that Patient 0 coming. <laughs>
0: patient 0
3: is on its way. Uh I don't know. That that one's going to be interesting. Um I'm not sure how that one's going to
1: turn out, but you know, we'll see. It could be cool. Maybe you could explain for people, because you have so many names, uh, because you're so prolific about things. What is Patient Zero?
3: Oh, Patient Zero is a you know, uh um basically it's the just the Urkel across the Pakistani Shatrol Kush. And I grew out a uh, hundred and something of those years ago, and my absolute favorite plan uh of, of that one was a was was the one I named Patient Zero. Um And, you know, it's it's kind of
1: as long as you like a little terpenaline in your diet, it's pretty all right. (laughs) And so maybe I'll add that to it, too, where it's like a lot of modern breeding today is one offs where people Mm -hmm. hybridize something and then just toss it out to the public. Um, What he just described is what's known as like multi-stage breeding, Mm -hmm. where he made a cross. He grew out a bunch of phenos. He picked one that he liked. And now he's doing further work with that pheno itself,
4: mm-hmm. probably
1: crossing it to itself and crossing it to other uh, cuttings that he has in the stable that he thinks might blend well with it. Right?: um, what, One of my favorites I actually have uh, flowering right now
3: um, is uh, uh, the mendo Purple number 54 selection from, you know, growing out that last hundred and something of those. Mm-hmm. And the Erkel 103 you know, S1. And then, you know, those, you know, um, I reversed the 103, slapped it on the Mendo. Man, those are uniform. I mean, as uniform as you can get, really. Yeah, that's cool. Interestingly, uh, the Mendo is extremely dominant on it. Uh, Really? Yeah, they're all, they look more like Mendo purple plants than
1: you can barely see any Urkel to them. And the, both of those selections were made out of that room that I came and visited you and saw before you, uh, the S ones of Urkel and the S ones of Mendo P. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, definitely
2: interesting though. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I was excited
0: too. Like about, I don't know if you want to talk about any of the purple, punch stuff or if that's you know what i mean like the the findings in that that you're kind of saying that are unique
3: yeah yeah um the we, we we've talked and the most surprising thing about breeding with purple punch is how fucking stable it is i mean
0: actually right we,
3: we, when you're working with you know it, it doesn't matter what you know ogs diesels chem dogs purple scouts you know, and then all the popular stuff based off all those, yeah, you're gonna find a nice portion of you know uh, hermaphrodism, you know more so if you know <laughs> your your environment's not a, you know perfect, but you know even if you have a perfect environment, there's always gonna be a percentage of those um yeah. but the purple punches have almost the lowest uh levels of hermaphrodism I've seen in any hybrids. So, I mean, that's, that's useful. That's something people look for. And I think
0: like the right. fact that it popped up in an OG GDP was kind of shocking, you know? Right.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I, I was, I was the, I wasn't a huge fan of purple punch. I didn't even, you know, start growing it until a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of ignored it and was like, I got plenty of my own Urkel hybrids. I don't need another one. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it has traits that it put, puts forward and you really can't argue with it you know yeah i I was the same way you know we
0: both just kind of dodged hype for a while with like the fucking the 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 gorilla glue and that and then end up at the end like fuck that shit's kind of good there right (laughs) last one to
1: the party that's an interesting that's an interesting aspect that people maybe should hear about is sometimes you can have an amazing cut that checks a bunch of boxes Mm -hmm. and it reads like shit Right, it's all over the place. It throws a bunch of junk, and it the the quality inherent in the cut itself doesn't seem to translate to its children very well. Mm -hmm. And then other times, you can take something like purple punch that they're just talking about that has a lot of nice traits, but kind of lacks high or whatever else, and you don't think that much of it. And then you cross it to things, and its children come out incredibly amazing with a bunch of traits that you like. Right. So sometimes a breeding parent can actually be kind of a crappy, crappy plant in some ways. Like uh, Caleb likes a lot of the S ones of my Mendo P quite a bit more than the mama. Mm
2: -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: Oh yeah. You know, the mama is amazing for breeding, but as an actual plant itself, there's some aspects to it that are unpredictable and and it's low THC. Right. Right. Um, But some of its children and some of the things that it throws and when you breed. Um, And sometimes you might take something like purple punch that people make fun of and you breed with it and you're like, wow, this thing is amazing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It throws all these traits consistently that are useful. Right. I mean, like you could talk for a minute about how stable that bubblegum cut you have is mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. why you use it in so many different things, because it throws like rot you know it's, it, it doesn't rot very easily it, it's it got incredible structure it it densens things up right right right
3: well i don't know about it's really not the densest cut out there but it's it's uh it's definitely uh um you know as as rot resistant as you can you can get a plant you know um on on my worst year year ever outdoors i think i was aiming for like 700 pounds or something and then we had six inches of rain the last week of september (laughs) you know first week of october and i lost 50 to 60 percent of that garden to mold and the only thing that came through that garden with probably less than one percent rot ratio was that bubblegum cut
1: that's
3: winning (laughs) you know (laughs) so you know tons of people are like you know what's your best you know mold resistant you know blah 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 well <laughs> right there you know
1: so that outdoor queen yeah so some yeah. sometimes those traits like they were just talking about like you know uh caleb does an enormous amount of breeding so for him to say that the purple punch is some of the most non intersex stable thing he's ever worked with is saying something Right. You know, when he says that, like, this plant is almost immune to mold and it's the most mold resistant plant I've ever seen and it passes that trait to some progeny, that's useful information. Right. Yeah. right. you know, I, I see a lot of people
0: commenting on the purple punch strength and like when it, breeding has changed um, from where it was maybe 10 years ago on what we would select for potency wise, what we wouldn't use, what we would use certain one of us, you know, um, purple punch. All I'd ever heard about was how weak it was, so I just never i never got into it however it is a is a very extract centric community now, and with extracts, pretty much everything's fucking strong um so so a lot of things are are more turp based now where people are are checking out what kind of terps are being passed, how they breed, and uh yeah i mean it, some people won't want to won't want to fuck with anything that doesn't lay them out. Me, I, I like all kinds of ranges of different highs, and I don't like being laid out. So for mm-hmm. me, purple punch is fucking perfect.
1: Oh I, yes. yeah, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And you know, weed weed affects humans in different ways. Um, mm-hmm. Some of my favorite strains to smoke on a regular basis. The other two guys that were che- you know, they don't like it that much on a. They they agree it's it's a super quality cut. But it's mm-hmm. not something with their body chemistry that really adapts all that well. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I have friends that only like incredibly potent indicas because they want to be hammered down, mm-hmm. and a sativa makes them crawl up the wall. Yeah, right. I have other friends that smoke a sativa and they relax. Right, that would so, be me. <laughs> so yeah, so can- cannabis, cannabis and individual strains uh, don't think that the way it affects you is the way it affects everyone.
2: Mm-hmm. There,
1: there's a range there. Yeah. You know? yeah.
3: That's why I like keeping so many different, you know, cultivars because, you know, I, I, I like a whole spectrum of different things. And I know other people, too, you know, like different things. So you can't always breed for yourself.
0: You know? Definitely
1: not. <laughs> does, the, does the purple punch reverse? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It reverses fine. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So it reverses easily, but won't ever throw intersex traits. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of odd in itself.
3: Right the the S ones I got grown now I don't think I found a single ball, or or, or nanner on any of them, yeah. which is almost unheard of. Oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So You're usually going to get at least ten to twenty percent, you know. And I I say ten to twenty percent, and that could just be one ball down low or one you know a uh, uh, late nanner or something. But there's always going to be like ten to twenty percent.
1: Yeah. yeah. hmm And then there's certain things that. Um, perm, but mm. won't reverse. Right, right. You know, I mean, we've talked before about we're not going to get into it too much, but you know, they, uh, you know, the old sour cuts are famous for not reversing. Oh yeah, uh, or getting a handful of seed. But they're also famous for the wrong conditions, and they they throw nanners that can see- create seed in your room for flower production.
3: Yeah, and it's I- really easy to grow it
1: boofy. <laughs> I had
3: a. I had some sour, some sour in a, in a fully seated out room just recently. And, uh, um, you know, completely full of seed and about week four, it just starts balling up, just hanging all kinds of sour diesel balls, even (laughs) though it's fully seated. So there, the whole room was completely seated. So it didn't have any risk of pollinating anything, but you know, it still felt the need to, you know, throw out just a ton of balls. Like what are you doing with
1: those? You know, (laughs) I didn't see any pollen off of them, but you know, yeah, yeah. I mean the you know the um the the what I consider to be the original, but you know, the one I got the chem D cut uh, is pretty famous for throwing a bunch of nanners at week three four, uh, but they're sterile. You know, they don't really they don't really uh, you know uh, they don't they don't really make seed. Yeah, and that chem D or just chem d's in general it seems yeah they they throw bananas like they're going out of style yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it, it's a trait that goes there and so i've had any number of friends or helpers or whatever on a light depth greenhouse come to me panicked because mm-hmm. half the greenhouse has bananas popping out all over right and i'm like oh calm down calm down it's it's the d we're gonna be fine you know and we're fine <laughs> you know right. you can find a bean yeah um, but you know, you do that with cherry pie or something and you have beans everywhere. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. certain things, certain things are are different, different risky, you know, there's different levels of risk. Yeah. 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 Very so, cherry- I mean, maybe we should, maybe we should chat about this. Maybe we should reel it back in for a second. <laughs> um, part of the reason why we did this NL five chat, uh, both starting in the eighties and going through some of the history and then bringing Caleb on was to talk about the project that, that him and matt have going and uh they they just dropped the seeds i believe mm-hmm. yes or were about to or just did yeah, no they're
0: dropped uh they're dropped. caleb's caleb's site is humble csi.com correct caleb yeah there, you could buy them on there or on will mm-hmm.
1: yeah and so it's a it's a it's a riot and uh and caleb collab Um, and it's a big open pollination of genetics from, um, one of the people that was intimately involved in the old NL crew. Uh, so the, the provenance is excellent as far as like who it comes from. Um, and, you know, but then on on top of that too, the proof is in the pudding. So, you know, um, it, uh, it's a chance for people to maybe hunt around if you have, if you're a little adventurous and look through something old. And something famous, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and, you know, Caleb found a few things in it that he was super excited about. And so hopefully you, you, you guys will, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the ways that we're going to make sure that not everything is Skittles, OG, Cookie, Cushman's, whatever, is by people taking effort and reviving some of these old things and making fresh batches of seed that are more viable and then getting them into people's hands so the gene pool stays wider. Yeah, yeah. So not only is it a cool old project to something that's extremely famous uh, and there's potential in it, um, but you can better believe that most modern breeding uh, with a few exceptions is the same 30 or 40 cuts blended in a bunch of different ways over the last 10 years. And this harkens back to a much older time. So there's a possibility there that when you outcross things to something that aren't like each other, if you take these NL fives and you start throwing it on different stuff, you have, you might get some unusual stuff. You're not expecting. That's good. Right. You know, this Brain's fucking with me. Sorry guys. No, it's <laughs> like, because that's, because that's the thing is a, a lot of breeders say that like sometimes, you know, crossing two very distinct things together is where you really get quality to pop. Yeah. You know, and you're certainly introducing something older in the gene pool that was very common 20, 30 years ago, but now is many generations interbred. And so uh, by these guys doing this project, it's kind of getting thrown out there again where it can get bred into a lot of modern stuff. And people get to see what happens. So, you know, you'll, you'll get more opportunities to see what CSI is doing with the work uh, in future breeding projects that seem like they're already engaged. Um and hopefully people are going to buy a bunch of this stuff and start posting and trying them out themselves.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's yeah. one of the ways you can keep cannabis history alive, right? And so making see, the birds with the stuff. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, mixing it with modern things and seeing what happens. Right, right. So,
3: what do, what do you guys think would be the best, you know, available, uh, plant line, whatever? Out there to cross to the NL fives, you know.
0: I'll, I, I, personally, I want to see the Hogs Breath NL five. I think that would be cool if if uh, we could track that down and do that again. It's been out of my hands for a while, but I think that would be interesting just because of the turbs.
1: Mm-hmm. How about you, not so? <laughs> you know, I actually think that um, it might cross well with something like the dog shit.
2: Mm-hmm. okay
1: okay you know kind of, kind of a potentially almost a back cross potentially almost i mean a back a cross has to use the the technically the same cut to go back to but right. maybe something that is very nl uh, mm-hmm. because one thing i'll say about that dog shit grown indoor is boy does it look like 90s weed mm-hmm. yeah. like lime green with bright orange hairs and it just has that like nl type of like, like, look, uh, I was going to say hydro, but, uh, Caleb is purely organic. So I don't want to insult him or just that, like <laughs> that, like big sack of hydro NL that you would get, you know, that's just super frosty and stuff like that. And so, um, you know, but it might give it some stretch and some vigor and it might kind of like, and that's kind of like what I, one of the things that I get interested about is crossing two different things that you think have similar parentage behind them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you see if you get some throwbacks mm. because both parents have it. Yeah. I, I do have the dog shit
3: in uh my my latest round. Uh, so you know, but it it's it's getting crossed to that that chocolatey um mm-hmm. NL5 male. And honestly, uh I think there were better uh there were males that kind of looked more similar to dog shit. But uh, um, I, you know, I I didn't use them personally for this round um,
1: because I liked that, you know, particular, you know, chocolatey one. And if I was going to throw out one more recommendation and combine mm-hmm. the old with the new, um, yeah. one of Neville's most classic combinations was uh, NL5 and skunk. And yeah. I kind of view uh, the diesel family as sur- what we have is surviving modern skunk.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not
1: that there's not cheese and a couple other things like that, but I kind of view like sours as American skunk. Right. Or very, very skunkish. So it would be kind of cool to see like what we have now is skunk and what we have now is NL blended back together. Right. um Because that was one of the most classic, best selling, and it, they combined super well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
3: Hmm. Yeah. um I definitely have cheese in there too. So, you know.
1: You know, at least skunk one. Are you talking skunk one or skunk? (laughs) I mean, that's cheese is fine. That's obviously pure skunk one. That's really old. I was just thinking of certain diesels, just because I consider I consider certain diesels uh, modern. That to me, that even though it doesn't have the name, I consider Uh a diesel to be like a skunk, skunk, skunkoid type plant. Right, right, right. It's tall. It's rangy. You know, it's it's got that kind of skunk type growth to it. It's got these very. I, I basically think of like gas and diesel as it's not like roadkill, but it is on that skunk spectrum. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like different angles of the same terps. Yeah, you know, yeah. Is kind of how I see it. So, you know, um, but yeah, and then the other thing too is that you know he you know you cross it to things you hope are going to cross well. And then you cross it to some things that are just random. And sometimes those random ones end up being the best ones because you really don't know. And you really don't know what genes are going to pop. Right. 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 And you really don't know what recessives are in there. True. True. Right. Like, so to take it back to humans, unless both parents have the gene, you can't have kids with blue eyes or green eyes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, you, if, if one parent has the recessive, the other parent has the dominant, it won't combine. Uh, right blonde hair is the same way. Both parents have to have the blonde hair gene or the red hair gene, or it won't pop. And so sometimes if you take two things that you think might have similar genes, you might get some recessives that pop and all of a sudden something unusual comes out. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> yeah
0: well I promise to to not hold Caleb too long. I know he's he's got some shit to do tonight too. So I I, I'm thankful for you coming and talking about the Northern lights. I know everybody's super stoked to be able to hear about it firsthand. Um, but yeah, is there anything else you want to talk about before we all bounce?
3: Oh, I I think I'm good. I got to
1: go wrangle a five-year-old beast.
3: At least. (laughs) Yeah. We know, we know
1: uh, Friday night isn't the easiest night for you. So we super appreciate you coming on and shooting the shit and all that, you know? And, uh, you know, I briefly saw your face in the shadows there for a minute before the pitch black kicked in. Um, but yeah, you know, um, that's, that's kind of it. We wanted to chat about NL. We wanted to chat about the history. We wanted to clear up some misconceptions and we yeah. wanted people to hear about some of the specifics of what was available, how it was made, what you, what we saw in it, um, and let people go from there. Oh, yeah. So as always, everyone, thank you for giving us part of your Friday night. You know, Caleb, uh, where do you, where, where, do, where can people find your seeds again? Uh,
0: humble There you go. Yeah. Humble com. We'll grab the NL five, please. Hey, go experience it. Make sure you let them know about yours too. Uh, yeah. I got it too, but, but you know, right. support the man.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, you know, both, both, both guys have it. You can get them both off each of their individual websites. Um, They were communicating a bunch during the, during the grow, they were talking about what he was seeing, sharing pictures and just, you know, and all that. And so, um, you know, it's how a lot of, it's how a lot of passion projects get made today is with uh, uh, people that have similar interests collaborating and making it work. So support it if you can, if you, you know, it'd be great. Uh, and it would spread out some old genetics and it would keep them alive and you could do your little part to make sure that the gene pool stays wider and hopefully find some fire yeah yep. so, mm-hmm. you know everybody enjoy their Friday night uh, as always there's a million questions we didn't get to um, but you can always hit us up on our discord Matt and, and chat up there we have to Patreon, yeah. Matt and I chat up there a whole bunch. We're pretty responsive to questions and all that. And so, you know, every every Friday night, we'll try to bring you something new and pertinent and interesting and bring on various friends we have uh, and all that. And uh, kind of just push the history and the info forward. And at the very least, you get see not so naked. All right,
0: thanks everyone. <laughs> thanks. Enjoy Good
1: everyone, night. you have a great
3: After night. Finished. Good night. Cheers.